special Off the Books episode of the All the Books Show, the official podcast of the David A. Howe Public Library. This week, we're bringing you a little sneak peek at the All the Books Show spinoff, Comic Book Coffee Break. We've mentioned this a few times on the show over the last several weeks, but during the heart of quarantine, while we had nothing but our comic book apps uh, at the ready, Eric and I decided to start doing a show where we just talk about all the comic books we've been reading that week. So it really was kind of born out of the bookmark segment, which we typically pare down the amount of comic books we've read, or we don't go into the detail that we normally would if we were just like having a chat. Now, Comic Book Coffee Break is not affiliated with the David A. Howe Public Library. It's just something that Eric and I were doing in our own personal time. Uh, But we thought we might just drop an episode in here so you could get a sense of what it is. Coming Book Coffee Break is part of the Radio Meanwhile Network, so you can find more about the episodes at radiomeanwhile.com. Uh, it is a weekly show where we'll just get together and, and hash out the things that we've read or watched or played that week. We also have a couple of special segments, one where we'll do a little show and tell. Eric will usually pick a, a Batman book that he wants to recommend or uh, something else. In this episode that we're going to share today that was recorded on October 18th, uh, he goes through a card pack of Marvel uh, trading cards from 1991. And then I will pull something randomly from the big box of comic books that I got over the course of my childhood. So that's our quarter bin segment. So this week we're talking about a random issue of The Flash from 1978. Now remember... The All the Books show is set to wrap with episode 275, but you can stay right here in the feed because after that, uh, I'll continue on with a new podcast from the David A. Howe Public Library. We've already got some guests and guest hosts lined up, so we're looking forward to getting that off the ground, but you can always catch me and Eric here at Comic Book Coffee Break, Uh, and again, you can find it at RadioMeanwhile.com, so enjoy this special preview of Comic Book Coffee Break. Thanks for joining us on our comic book coffee break. I'm Nick Gunning. I'm Eric Mickles, known online as Dusk versus Tweak. Eric, today I'm drinking Blue Mountain Blend coffee. I like it. It's nice. Mm. It's smooth. It's smooth like jazz. Do you like smooth jazz, Eric? Sometimes. Do you like jazz? It's like. Do you like that? Or Sometimes. Not? Okay. It's, <laughs> just occasionally. It's very, very rare that I'm just going to Spotify and being like, play some jazz. <laughs> But I like jazz when it shows up in other things, I suppose. Okay. I don't want my jazz straight up. Would you... Like Paul Abdul? Yeah. All right. What are you drinking? What do you, what do you got, got today? I've got a mug full of... Uh... What the heck is that? What am I looking at? Oh, I, my god. I don't gosh. know where this came from. It's you in my house, nightmare. Though. It's a giant cat wearing glasses. And you're just drinking yeah. out of its skull. That's yeah. Halloween yeah. appropriate. Hold, please. Sending you to line seven. <laughs> Mr. J Cat. <laughs> I love it. What are you drinking there? Oh. What's in it? Cherry Pepsi. Cherry Pepsi. Yeah. Brought to you by mistake, I assume. Brought by to me by mistake by our Pizza Hut, Hut delivery. Oh, making it great. Our Friday making Pizza it great Hut. Since 1988. I don't know how long they've been open. Probably um, longer than. Yeah. It, you know what though? The pizza was free because we had so many Pizza Hut points. Wow, that's both great and a little sad. Now we if have I'm so being many, honest, uh, that, Pizza Hut points, three hundred points. That is the commentary. That's the commentary on your life. A little bit. Uh, Pizza Hut is an American restaurant chain and international franchise, which was founded okay. in 1958. Holy crap! Yeah. Wow, I could have said making it great since 1958. Yeah. Uh, I wonder when it started really becoming uh, the iconic design that we know. Yeah. Started in 1963. Okay. So. I feel like, though, Pizza Hut, to me, feels like a very 1980s kind of thing. Do you know what I'm saying? Well, yeah, that's when it really started going after us. Yeah, 
and then it soon started. I mean, everybody wanted to have a, a, a birthday party at Pizza Hut. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Well, I, I mean, pre-internet, it was like, it was great. You had games. I mean, pinball yeah. games or Pac-Man games, the jukebox. Sure. They had all these kid family programs. You get your own personal. You know what? It was the personal pizza. That's what did it. That's true. The book it. The, the bookets book and my son's bookets. Book all their weird like media tie-ins. Pizza Hut. Come to Pizza Hut yeah. and get your Ninja Turtle tapes. Come to Pizza Hut and get your right. X-Men tapes. I had that Ninja Turtle cassette. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. There was that. Uh, there was that hilarious Ringo Star Pizza Hut commercial. Do you remember that? Mm. Ringo's like, well, I think it's time to get the band back. I've got to get the lads together. You know, that was more of a McCartney, and I apologize. But anyway, it zooms out, and the monkeys come in, and he's like, wrong lads, and eats his pizza. Pizza Hut. <laughs> Mine, to bring to bring it all to bring it all together here, comic book-wise, Pizza Hut, when I was a kid, where we'd have birthday parties and such, had X-Men Arcade. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, and a jukebox that I would always play Prince's Batman song on it, even though I didn't like it then, and I don't like it now. Yeah. There was... So, I was going to say it's the personal pizzas, but it just seemed like, yeah, I mean, with that, you had that commercial with the pizza face sure. and uh, no, Steve, no. the pizza cutter. It was like, mm. it was almost like Mr. Bill. So pizza face would be like, oh, who's at the right. door? Oh, no, it's, it's, it's the pizza pizza. cutter. It's Steve, the pizza I cutter. Remember. He's yeah, murdering me, children. He's literally murdering oh. me. Yeah. Simpler times. Yeah. Simpler times. So. Hey, Eric, did you know this show's brought to you by the Radio Meanwhile Network? <laughs> it is. And Pizza Hut. <laughs> no. No. I mean. I, listen, Pizza Hut needs to hold on to every dollar they have. Normally, I'd be all too happy to be like, yeah, sponsor the show. But Pizza Hut, I do not think it would be fiscally responsible no. for you to shell out some cash for comic book coffee. No. Break. Much as I love you, yeah. and I would not turn down breadsticks, yeah. hold on to your money. Yeah, if this was 1992, forget about it. We would love it. Yeah. What a deal that we'll would be. It. We'd be stupid we'll not take to it. take it. Absolutely. We'd be getting yeah. – and plus, once they formed with uh, KFC and Taco Bell, you, yeah, we have our choices. A- that's a coalition yeah. right there. We get Pizza Hut and then we go play Crazy Taxi in the arcade. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah you got 10 crazy minutes. You can find more about the show notes and like it at our network's website, radiomeanwhile.com. But Nick? Are there any shows that are like it, though? That's what I want to like know. Like this? On that? Yeah. Not, I mean, previously on X-Men, but we don't we do not yeah. do the deep dives like this. You don't, you don't talk yeah. Pizza Hut. You rarely talk yeah. Pizza Hut. Rarely Pizza I Hut. I defy you yeah. on the internet to find another show mm-hmm. that's just a couple of white bros talking about comic mm-hmm. books. It's impossible. Yeah. You're not going to find that. Yeah. Anyway, Eric, let's talk comic books. More DC talk over here. We don't talk about yeah. DC as much. In fact, on the newest episode of Previously on X-Men, Hillary reprimanded me for using the phrase speedster in regards to an X-Men character. Oh, you can't do that. I thought I no, could. You can't I do thought that. it was okay. I Listen, thought it was gene- generic. If, if the day comes, feel free to say no. If the day comes when you're going to cover X-Men Teen Titans, I humbly offer my service. Oh, the comic, right. I humbly offer my service. Yeah. Eric, why don't you share with the nice people what comic books you read this week for Comic Book Coffee Break? Listen, any free time I had this week to read, I had to yeah. use to read Christine by Stephen King. Because it is Stephen not a King. short book. You think that a car no. that's evil is a short book? You think it's a you pulpy, it's short, short read? Uh, maybe kind of grindhouse? No. It's a long, long read, and it's not necessarily uh-huh. worth it in the end. So I didn't read any comic books this week. Every lunch break, I was reading that. All my bath time readings was Christine. So I've got a table just covered in trade paperbacks to read. Okay. And I haven't You're read anything. Old school. 
You're going old school. I like that. I actually have some trade paperbacks that I was planning to read myself Mm -hmm. to take a break from like the apps. But I'm working the election. I'm working the election on the third. And I don't know I'm going to have reliable Internet. So I'm saving up my trade paperbacks for that. But yes, Eric read Christine because even before we were podcasting together, we started reading Stephen King together. Back in 2013. Uh, So a long, long time ago did we start this. So this is our seventh year reading Stephen King. But we've read more than seven books together. Because one year we read like Carrie and Gwendy's Button Box and a few other few other things like all in the same year in tandem. So this is I feel like this might even be our tenth. Carrie Stephen was King the book we together. picked, so. and I don't think it was. I thought Carrie was the book we picked, and then I read oh, Gwendy's, Gwendy's Button, Button Box, Box as an extra. You piece. might be right because it's you so might be short. Right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I read the sequel to that, by the way. Yeah. Not worth your time. Yeah, not worth your time. So, but anyway, we're going to be talking about the, Christine over on the All the Books show, the official podcast for the David A. Howe Public Library. So you can find us over there talking about Christine. So I guess today is going to be a Nick-heavy day, would you say? Yeah, yeah, very much so. Now listen, sometimes you forget that I can see your eyes when I talk. So I'm going to monitor and see just how closely you're paying attention. How glazed over my eyes are. We'll see, yeah. Yeah, because normally, I mean, we've been doing this together long enough Uh that you know the right time to be like, yeah, Uh Uh uh-huh. But I can see it. Yeah. I can see that moment when this, your soul leaves your body. And uh, it's, I'm not going to let you get away with it this time. That's all I'm saying. It's just it's just a warning. Let me dive in, okay? Yeah, what have you let been reading? <laughs> Eric, I read Shang-Chi, Master of Kung Fu, Omnibus, Volume 1. This was a beast. Let me tell yeah, you. Yeah, okay. I've, I actually got to look this up. I'm... Go on. Okay. Uh, this collects, so Shang-Chi kind of takes over the title of Master of Kung Fu around issue 17. Before that, um, there was kind of like a lead up to that and I Marvel premiere, something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, it also in- yeah, includes... Yeah, he's one of those 70 characters, I, characters from yeah. the 70s that like... Yeah. Just, Marvel just went like real... I don't, I don't want to say pulpy. I don't know what it is. It's where like you get Shang-Chi... But, like, their 70s comics start Definitely. going into different non-superhero genres. Definitely. And, you know, I, I will say that I like this. It was it was monstrous. Like, if you if you were going to read this as just a, a regular traditional book, I mean, it's something like 600. Yeah, 696 pages as a hardcover because it's Masters of Kung Fu wow, number 17. three of these. I know. Masters of Kung Fu 17 through 37. Marvel Special Edition 15 and 16, uh, the Yellow Claw collections uh, of, of like backup stories. I mean, this is a comprehensive look mm-hmm. at Shang-Chi. I remember back when we were interviewing Steve Englehart for the All the Book Show. I can't remember if it was off mic or if it's actually in the interview, but we were talking a little bit about him writing the early Shang-Chi stories and then moving on from that later on. But Englehart's uh, Masters of Kung Fu is is collected in this. I do like it. I mean, I think Shang-Chi is a cool character. It starts with this whole dynamic between his father. Uh, father! And, yeah. Sorry. And, you know, they're, they're, he's kind of like the main villain, I guess. Shang-Chi's father is the is the main villain. And so it becomes... Where did you get becomes... this? Oh, I read it on the app. Oh, okay. Yeah. On Marvel Unlimited, and you use this yeah. as your guide. Yeah, so I use the omnibus. Yeah, so like to guide the it. The 2016 yep. hardcover will cost you a cool hundred bucks. Yeah, that's just for volume yeah. one. 
Yeah. Wow. Okay. This, this is long. I mean, this is like this is like 30, 30 issues, something like that. The problem that I will say with reading it the way I did mm-hmm. was that the story starts to feel pretty samey after a while um, because it it kind of follows like you know the fugitive or something mm-hmm. like that where you have shang chi just sort of roaming from town to town like mixing it up and then there's <laughs> the overarching story with like him and his dad that comes back again you know there's one yeah. I, it's there's 70s comic like their horror selection from the 70s uh werewolf by night and yeah. tombs of dracula they kind of get like cool concept but then every issue he's like oh no it's night werewolf yeah. time and yeah, yeah. after a while you're just like okay maybe Maybe throwing a, a wrench into this main plotting. Yeah, I feel like you could have taken the beginning with Fu Manchu, mm-hmm. his father, and selected issues throughout there and made a pretty good. I mean, this is a, this is a completist approach to reading it. But yeah, like I said, reading it issue after issue, it really they all start to blend together because mm-hmm. like he goes to a town, still wearing the still wearing the red robes and with the yellow trim. Uh, gets into it, and then every every couple issues of show, we have a brush with Fu Manchu. So, I liked it. I'm glad that I read it. If I were going to pick up more, it would be like, a, I'm going to read an issue, and then read something else, and read an issue, and read something else, because it melded. Mm-hmm. It certainly <laughs> melded after a while. Have you read any of these at all? I can't remember. No, I've added it. I've added the first issue, or wherever I'm supposed to start, to my uh, to-read list a while ago when I was going through. I was like, yeah. oh, Luke Cage starts here. Oh, Shang-Chi starts here. Oh, giant size yeah. man thing stars here like just realizing uh how i don't even know what the term is gritty grindhousey just 70s mm-hmm. that 70s pulp yeah. kind of vibe yeah. it does have that feel i have an i mean i i think i mentioned in in previous weeks but the first time i read anything with shang chi was fred van lenti's wolverine first class which was just he was included in that to keep the copyright right that's what, that's know, what fred, fred I, van lenti told us on the Book show I read him in that. I read him in that Power Man and Iron Fist. And then I read all his stuff in Secret Avengers. But this is the first time that I really sat down and specifically read a Shang-Chi title. I so. don't know. I think the first it's, time I read anything with Shang-Chi in it was actually Ultimate Spider-Man, or just like Ultimate Marvel Team-Up, which was just oh, Ultimate okay. Spider-Man teaming up with characters, Ultimate versions. But most of the time, they weren't even... Um, canon ah got it so but yeah that was the ultimate version so i yeah i don't know when it was but i'm pretty sure shang chi and all the ultimate universe played a big part in some um street level superhero stuff that mm, i remember enjoying okay. the stories for well anyway this this uh, the omnibus like eric said there's three volumes of it they mm-hmm. are pricey uh, if you're not reading it on the app and this first film, Omnibus, includes stories by Doug Mensch, Steve Englehart, as I said, Len Wein, uh, illustrations by Jim Starlin, Paul Gulacy, yeah. Alan Milgram, and of course many more because this this spans several years and several Who issues. knows when the movie's scheduled for now? I know. Yeah. Seriously. So, um, he's been cast already, though. Oh, really? Uh, Simi Liao. Well, that's so. kind of cool. I always like when they're when they're casting a new superhero when they get someone that's relatively unknown yeah. to play that role, you know, so, like a Brandon Routh yeah. Superman type. So they did cast Sticking with sticking with marvel i also i read one and i know you read this one the amazing spider-man the fantastic yeah what are you you're out of order what's going on well what i was reading was about to butt up with spider island 
And so I wanted to catch up a little bit on Spider Island. So I popped over to this to get, because this is like a Spider Island prelude. This is by Dan Slott, Rob Williams, well, with art by Javier Pulido. Yeah, this is just part of like this amazing Spider-Man run that went so long. But so yeah. this is after Ends of the Earth? Yeah, I guess so. So maybe yeah. you're not out of order. You're just reading. No, I guess I'm, uh, yeah, I guess I'm skipping some things. Okay. Yeah, I read the really early stuff in here. I read all the, the JMS stuff and then yeah. I read sporadically after that just like when one is this that struck my fancy bs issue where um because he made everybody forget who he is it's him telling the fantastic four who he is no it, by this before. point he's he's already like okay. he's filling he's filling uh the oh human torch this is where they're stuck in the negative zone for like a long time and when he comes back everybody's like what the frick peter oh yeah yeah yeah. Where were you? He's like, here. I was in the negative zone, but I can't tell you. If only right. I wasn't Spider-Man. That is what happens. That is what happens. I liked it. You know, I mean, Fantastic Four is one of those ones that, like, I always want to like the Fantastic Four. But outside of, like, the Thing solo series or those, like, Marvel Age, uh, <laughs> like, standalone, like, for a younger mm-hmm. kid Fantastic Four, yeah. I've just never really settled into a run that I liked. I think Ultimate Fantastic Four starts good and just gets progressively worse. Because, as you're always so quick to point out, you just can't do much with that dynamic. Yeah. You got a brother and sister, you got yeah. a married couple, and then a rock. <laughs> you know what I mean? Very dismissive of Ben well, Grimm. You know, <laughs> no. no, but... That is that is my main like what they did at the beginning of the Marvel universe was very important and stuff and like they fit that role, but at this point they really do just feel like a legacy. They I you can use them to tell like these big fantastical cosmic kind of stories because that's what they do because he's supposed to be so smart and they've been to different zones and everything, but with Marvel really like bringing home the Guardians of the Galaxy and everything like making them more movie like in the comics now. I don't know. The Fantastic Four have kind of lost like space as being their territory. True. I've long said that like I feel like if you're going to do Fantastic Four, I would love to see a really shiny period piece. Like just set it. Those were the set rumors. It in, like, I, oh really? Is that not true? now? Those were the rumors oh. long ago. I don't. Rem- I think it was before the Tim Story films. I think. Like, the rumors were going around, like, George Clooney as Mr. Fantastic and Reese Witherspoon as the Invisible Woman, huh. and it would be, like, set okay. in the 60s. Yeah. Lou Ferrigno as the thing, or... I don't know. Contractually obligated. I saw Michael Chiklis in uh, Hubie Halloween, I was like, poor Michael Chiklis. What's happened oh, to him? Oh, Michael Chiklis. He was the commish. Yeah, that's what I'm told. <laughs> I would love that, though. If you did a Fantastic Four movie where it's set in the 60s, but in, like, a sort of the 60s projecting the future basically i want a jetsons fantastic four movie that's uh that's what it comes down to you don't want the Mad Men, fantastic four sure, okay i'll take that yeah, yeah. why not why not yeah. i'll do that yeah. anyway if there's a good fantastic four run out there i've not found it oh, i would love no, to i've read that in the comments below i've read some good uh mark wade's fantastic four is very okay good. Well, um, maybe i'll read that and I mean, have you read the one that's supposed? You read the one that's supposed to be pretty good. The not Rick Remender. Who am I thinking Hickman? of? Hickman, right? Didn't you read those? I I just well, don't remember. So you you would say go Mark Wade's Fantastic Four? I think so. I haven't read all of it, but I read a big chunk of it. It was a big hardcover at one point, and I got into it. So okay, I yeah. I mean, for me, Fantastic Four, the the group is fine, but if you have the rights to these characters, then what you're really getting is the villains. 
because their villains True. are the cool stuff. I mean, you got Galactus True. and Doom and Annihilus and uh, I guess Puppet Master <laughs> and Puppet Master and really Roman. lost steam there, didn't yeah. you? Didn't you? <laughs> oh boy, you can only yeah, I, like I said. The first couple of volumes of Ultimate I really liked, mm-hmm. and that Marvel Age Fantastic Four, I had a good time yeah. with that as well. Uh, but but really yeah. Matt Fractions, you know, I had high uh, hopes yeah. in Matt Fractions Fantastic Four, mm-hmm. but I didn't like that either. Mark so. Millar wrote the uh, Marvel Universe, the like mainline Marvel Universe Fantastic Four for a couple books that I really liked. It was kind of okay. big stories. Well, I was going to say something about them, but anyways, how do you like this as a Spider-Man story? <laughs> Since it's a Spider-Man book. It was fine. I mean, I guess because I hadn't read, I don't know what happened to Johnny Storm. I don't know, like, the mm. the situation with Spider-Man getting into the Fantastic Four. But I kind of liked it. I didn't feel like in this volume they right. were able to make it really this be is, cohesive. The cover I'm looking at has them pr- uh, promoting Thor for 2011, the movie. So I'm not mm. sure where Human Torch is at this time. Well, he's dead, according to this. Oh, dang. I don't know why he's dead then. I'm okay. Yeah, I don't know I don't what either. was happening in 2011. So yeah, I mean, I guess so. It's Fear my itself. Fault for kind of, I don't know. It's my fault for kind of jumping into the middle of it, but I don't think they really. I would have liked it where it felt like the Fantastic Four was like a cohesive unit with Spider-Man, but it just felt like three members of the Fantastic Four or the Future Foundation, as they're known now, um, and Spider and Spider-Man tagging along. So it can't so, be Fear you know. itself because Fear itself came April through October 2011. Okay. So I don't know. Yeah. Must have happened in the Fantastic Four books. I don't know. Okay. That's all I read for Marvel. Uh-huh. Uh, Did I read anything to... for Marvel? No. <laughs> okay, thanks for checking. Um, if we move on to DC, which stands for Detective Comics. Did you know that? Uh, I read Batwing, Volume 4. Welcome to the family. Yeah. So this is where uh, David, the lead character, who has been Batwing for the last three episodes, is sort of at the end of volume three is like, yeah, I'm, I've got my own personal thing I need to go after. I can't be Batwing anymore. <sighs> Batwing. Bruce, I know. And Bruce Wayne's like, cool, 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 cool. Okay. And uh, <laughs> yeah. Luke Fox takes over. Ah. So this this volume is like the transition. David's in the very beginning being like, peace out, So bruh. the reason why and there's Luke a Fox. second... Batwing is just because the other one was like, I, I gotta go. Sorry. Yeah. Oh. Do his own, do his own like personal okay. mission. Yeah. Okay. Yep. So as a transition unit, it was fine. Mm-hmm. I didn't, uh, it's not particularly memorable to me. I like the character of Luke Fox. So yeah, I mean, I'll stick it out. I think I'm almost finished with this series actually, mm-hmm. but yeah, I had a good time with it. New 52 with it. still? Or Rebirth? Where are we? No, this is New 52. I don't think Batwing's got... I think it's the only time Batwing had his own title. Oh. So, yeah. Okay. Uh, this is by Jimmy Palmiotti and Justin Gray with art by Eduardo Pensica. And Batman Bad Blood has... Oh, yes. I think that's the Luke Fox version. Yeah. Uh, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, you're probably... Yep, Luke Fox is Batwing. So this is like the the Batwing then. Yep. Okay, that like DC is just having as the official Batwing. Yeah, okay. and and the character is a uh, you know is a main character on uh, CW's Batwoman too, mm. not as Batwing yet, but just as Luke Fox. Okay, and was Batwing? I guess Batwing's not like a young character, so he wasn't on Young Justice, was he? No. Okay. All right. No, I I think maybe he showed up in like Brave and the Bold at one point, mm-hmm. uh, but no, he hasn't got a lot of a lot of screen time outside of that Batman Bad Blood. Finally, I read one that I know I know in my heart that you're not going to care about this at all. So feel free to glaze over at this point. This is the time if you need a break. But I read The Lost Carnival, 
a Dick Grayson graphic novel. So this is a young adult. It sure is, Eric. The, this part sure of their, is. whatever they're calling their young adult line. Yes, sir. Okay. This is by Michael Marecki, illustrations by Sass Millet. And we're talking the young adult line that has like a Batgirl shadow of the bat. And, yes. Uh, yeah. Okay, so not like the ju- juvenile. Okay. No, 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 no. Right. Not not the really young right. like this. Hold a ton on. I'm going gonna, gonna to totally pay t- I'm, It looks like I'm looking at my phone while you talk about this, but I'm but actually... But you're going to be listening. You're going to be listening. Listening. What? No. <laughs> this actually reminded me quite yeah. a bit of Aaron, Aaron Morgan's <laughs> You remember the book, The Night Circus? I haven't read it. Okay. Well, it had a very similar vibe to Who me. Who goes because... to a day circus anymore? Why would you? Yeah. Honestly, why would yeah. you? This <laughs> is about a, a Dick Grayson who is pretty old. I mean, not like Chris O'Donnell old, but he's not like, <laughs> but he's not like yeah. the 12-year-old Robin. Yeah, Chris you know, O'Donnell's he's... Dick Grayson has two kids and a mortgage Yeah, he <laughs> when does. he gets adopted yeah, he by Bruce Wayne. He's, he's seen a lot. He's seen a lot. <laughs> This Dick Grayson is kind of disillusioned with being a circus performer, and he's just, like, really not happy. Wait, does it. that happen? Um, apparently. <laughs> so when, whenever we're in Haley's Circus, all the art is, like, shades of blue and gray. Mm-hmm. It's, like, black line, shades of blue and gray. Mm-hmm. On his, like, night off, there's a carnival in town, and he goes over to this carnival, the Lost Carnival. So wait, he's um, in a circus, yes. Yes. and on his time off, he goes to a carnival. <laughs> Carnival next door. Yes. Broaden uh, <laughs> when, your whenever, horizons, Dick. I know. Whenever we're in the Lost Carnival, it's all like reds and oranges and peaches. So the, uh, the colors. Pe- like peach color. Peachy. Peachiness. Peach. <laughs> so anyway, uh, Dick is over there and he meets a girl, of course. Oh, no. And there's a lot of like, it's a very like ethereal vibe over at the Lost Carnival where mm-hmm. like something is clearly not quite right. Um, the magic that they're able to do is like too much. It's all very like surreal and, and otherworldly. So Dick is trying to figure that out. And the girl that he, you know, is who, who we're kind of following, they have a bit of a romance and he's trying to figure out the situation with her. Should I stop short of spoiling this? I'll put up the spoiler tag if anybody really wants to read this young adult Dick Grayson novel that's okay. uh, called The Lost Carnival. Pulled that back. Spoiler tag. Spoilers. Spoilers. So uh, the girl is demonstrating some powers, and he's like, well, that's weird. And <laughs> Probably. Probably a little weird. Something happens where, like, the magic gets out of control, and some of the, like, creatures and people that she makes through the magic, one tries to escape. So Dick catches this, like, sort of phantom-esque thing, and... What turns out to be is that the carnival was actually destroyed. And what we're really seeing is just like this one girl and one other person there have this like magical bond and they're able to sort of like use their power to keep these people in this this environment like alive, almost as sort of like an echo of of what it was. And so Dick kind of rescues her from that. But then she doesn't have the power to keep it anymore. And so it sort of goes away and it really is the lost carnival. And then Dick and his parents go on a vacation. Oh, good. And they're, look, they're looking at colleges for Dick Grayson. Oh, well, I hope he has a happy college life. Yes, that's true. I hope him and his, there, fam- so him and his parents just have a good life going forward. So I guess my, my thing about it is, you know, I mean, I love Dick Grayson. I love Robin. This, you could, all you had to do was change his last name. And this is not a DC comics thing. You know what I mean? Like it. Right. 
really didn't do anything to kind of like make it feel like you were in that universe at all i think is one of the reasons why i like batman nightwalker because even though it was like this young adult pre even batman training to be batman it still felt dc and batman-esque yeah yeah i mean i've I've read a lot of them that really work that way but this Mm -hmm. one just didn't have didn't have even a hint of that vibe the only thing that even touched on it was there was like a woman doing tarot cards and she pulled a card for dick and says oh you have a knight in your future you know knight with a k and uh, he was like yeah i always work at night and like that was it that was but that was the only like so nobody ever tells him that he swoops down like a robin no one ever says that not even once not even once no no so I don't know. You know, the thing is, like, it's just a standalone YA graphic novel. Mm-hmm. I liked it. Don't don't go to it as like a Dick Grayson or a Robin fan, thinking you're going to get anything about that because you're not. Rob wants to know if this is better or worse than the movie Carnival of Lost Souls. Hmm, <laughs> that's a that's a good question. Uh, it it certainly you can follow the plot in a more linear way. How about <laughs> yeah. that? I'll answer that way. <laughs> anything else you want to share about the Carnival of Lost Souls? No, just in general. Well, I can promise you by next week I will have read K.A. Applegate's... Well, it's not actually K.A. Applegate's. Uh, I can't remember the... I'll have all this information, but I got the Animorphs... Wait, 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 wait. You said on Twitter that you were reading that, and then K.A. Applegate liked it and said, Happy reading, Eric, and that was all a lie? I'm reading... You weren't even reading I, it? I've been holding it. I've had to read Christine! You lied to K.A. Applegate. No. Yes, you no, did. No, I didn't. I yes, said, you did. I said... On the picture, look what my hold came in. That's all I said. My library hold came in. All right. I think the implication was that you were reading it, but I understand that technically you did not lie to Kay Applegate. Anyway. Eric, it wouldn't it wouldn't be the Halloween season without me reading an Archie comic uh, Halloween oh my word. extravaganza. So I read, I don't need that tone. No, I mean, you were just so excited. You sent me just a text you of it. You take that right back. Yeah, <laughs> it's on. This. Halloween is on, baby. Yeah. Uh, Archie's Halloween blowout. This is part of the Pep Digital so series. So who's on so, the cover? Is that Jughead? That's not Jughead. Is that Reggie? Probably Reggie. Who's like, oh, you're, you're, you're floating. <laughs> yeah, that could, okay. that could be Reggie. Sure. I don't think that really happens in the in the book. With, but, you with know. Archie being like, haunted house. Bah! So this was good. This was just a collection of Archie comics, mm-hmm. uh, past and present. Some of them are new. Some of them are old. All Halloween themed strictly halloween themed because normally when does when the, you get even uh, go on <laughs> when you get just like a digest even if it's like the halloween annual mm-hmm. not everything in there's a halloween story okay so this was kind of cool the pep digital series you can get either through the archie app or i i usually get them through barnes and noble because weirdly they're like half the price through barnes and noble mm-hmm. versus buying them directly on the archie app which i don't understand but they they do a lot of collections like this so there's a couple halloween ones a um, couple of Christmas ones. Jughead's Time Police is collected mm-hmm. this way, and they're all soups cheap. This was a dollar ninety nine, baby. When does the heroin pushing biker gang come in and threaten Archie with a gin soaked rag down his throat? That's uh, Betty and Veronica Vixens. Uh, You're confusing okay. it with Betty and Veronica Vixens. <laughs> okay. Two volume series, right. Betty and Veronica Vixens. Mm-hmm. That's it for my reading. That's uh, I, I tell you what. Normally, I'm much more on it with Halloween reading, but it's just I've read Stephen King's Christine. Mm-hmm. And I've read Archie's Halloween Blowout, though I've got to say, The Lost Carnival, a Dick Grayson graphic novel, did have a very Halloween-y kind of vibe. Yeah. yeah. So I'll give you that. Why are you getting it on my case, then? Yeah, you're right. Can I tell you one thing that's not a comic book? Yes. I beat Yoshi's Crafted World on Nintendo Switch. Yoshi's Crafted World? 
Crafted. Crafted. Don't stop it. All right. Stop. Crafted. You you played Yoshi's Crafted World. Yeah, I beat Yoshi's Crafted World uh-huh. on the Switch. Yeah, I've been playing it with my son. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've been in the bag for these Yoshi games since Nintendo 64's Yoshi Story. And it was it was fun. And they really, I mean, they really stick to their, their concept here that it's a crafted world. So it's very creative. It's fun to look at. There's a lot of things that I could still go back and do. Like there's you can play the levels backwards just looking for like Yoshi Yoshi's Poochie Pups. Um, <laughs> there's all sorts of side quests and stuff. And my son loves it. And it's a fun game for us to play together. So I probably will go back and do some of those side things. But the bottom line is I did get all of the Yoshi gems back from Baby Bowser. Oh, so thank goodness. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. I don't know what I'm going to play next because I've been all about playing on the Switch, you know, uh-huh. like just sitting down handheld. I've, I've been digging that. Yeah. I don't know what to play next. Do you have any suggestions? I haven't played Luigi's Mansion. Yeah, there's a new Luigi's Mansion there. Three. That, I, pretty, I was not digging Mario Odyssey. I think people like the third one. And it's spooky. Okay. It's a Halloween game. True. It's perfect timing. Maybe I'll get that. Yeah. Maybe I'll get that and play it during the election. Oh. No, it's going okay. to be a busy day. Uh, I still haven't beat Jay and Silent Bob's Mall Brawl on the Switch. It's hard. Sorry. It's harder I'm than sorry. Double Dragon. It's difficult. Yeah. I need I need two-player. I need two-player in there. I need you to play as Jay. Okay. I would pick Jay. You would, yeah. Okay, that's who I would pick. Can, do you have a? Can you get a switch so we can play across the? I'll get a switch specifically so we can play. No, I can't because my you can play my, other thing. My fourteen-year-old cat decided she wanted to have all the bills this month, so I can't get a switch. Wow. right now. I could have okay. bought a few switches. Cosmetic stuff. Or? Yeah, yeah. She needed. She she was hoping to to yeah. uh, get some collagen in her cheeks. Well, you know yeah. what? If it gives her confidence, it makes her yeah. feel good about herself. Yeah. I her, say, her and Krista no. Miller. They they go to the same yeah. person. Yowzer. Okay. Hey, how's Cougar Town? How's the Cougar Town rewatch? It's good. I'm enjoying it. Miller. I'm enjoying good. it. Good. Good yeah. for you. How far are you in the series? I'm on season four. Has uh, Sam Lloyd as Ted popped up yet? Yes. Yes. It was a very funny thing where they were like, "You look like the same people from my old job, and you yeah. were mean. Good stuff. You were nice. Good yeah. stuff. You guys are right. Pizza? I mean, that's <laughs> uh, that's it for me. I I I mean, I watched some stuff. I watched uh, Haunting on Hill House, uh-huh. which was pretty good, I thought. I thought that was actually pretty... It's one of the ones where, like... I mean, we'll talk about it more on the All the Book show, but you kind of get to the ending, and it leaves you a little, like... That wasn't really where this train was going, but okay. Mm-hmm. You know, like, you end, and you're like, that's an ending, not necessarily the ending to the story we just watched, right. but okay. So, I watched that. Okay. That's it, though. We're getting ready to record the uh, 902 and Here We Go Christmas special Boy. with focus on Luke Perry's... And Christie Swanson's Buffy the Vampire Slayer. You mean Halloween special? You say Christmas special? Oh my gosh! Yeah, recorded yeah, there Halloween. for handful. I've got these. Uh, you remember for my birthday, you sent me these uh, Marvel trading cards. I, I do. I'm a loyal friend. Yeah, of course. Um, I remember this one. It's the. It's crazy. Look at you. Did you see all these? You saw all these when you got them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The green yeah. one that's just like Marvel's Fantastic First covers series two yes. trading cards by Comic Images. I remember. You yeah. get ten. You can collect all one hundred. So cool. if the back is to believe, we're looking at 1991 okay. for trading cards. So like, you know, uh, wait. So it's issues from 1991, or it's just no, like throughout this, Marvel. This history. is a okay. this is a. So this says this is a new series of number one Marvel covers. I mean, I guess we'll find our way through. Um, Let's do it. But the cards were released in 1991. Got it. So you know the height. So I think this is. I think you're right. I think it's the first. The covers of so we've got our first cover is for the Squadron Supreme 
number one. Oh. What are we looking at here? September, That's a weird series. September 1985, written by uh, Mark Grunewald. I've always been meaning to read this. I think I picked it up one time. I was like, meh. But here, just right up there. So that's a cool card. I the back I is kind of nice. It's got these. Uh, it's kind of got it like it's framed. So, okay. Yeah. Anyway. I read Squadron Supreme. Did you hear that? The original. Mark Greenwell, that I read that series. Oh wow. Yeah. yeah. I wasn't really a fan. Didn't really like it. I liked uh, Supreme Power that Jam okay. uh, Straczynski wrote, but yeah, it, yeah, yeah. It never really finished. But when I first read that, I was like, "This is great." Ooh. Black Panther. Look at this. It's hey. uh, number one in a four-issue series. So his 1988. Yes, I've read that. Uh, I read that series. as well. That's collected in uh, the Black Panther Epic yeah. Collection, Volume Two. That's a pretty dope cover. It's pretty good. Yeah. That's a uh, that that panther in the background. I'm liking this one. So yeah, it's good. I haven't read this. Nick good has stuff. read it. So that's number two in here. There's a hundred of these. Yeah, I'm way better. Yeah, I haven't read either. Ooh, here's something you didn't read. Book one of six. Okay, I thought this was an ad- adaptation of the made-for-TV movie. Nick Fury versus S.H.I.E.L.D. Oh. Versus not, S.H.I.E.L.D., everybody. Not, it's not a David but Hasselhoff But look at that. He does though. look like David David Hasselhoff in this. A bit of a Hasselhoff vibe. When was that right. movie? Because this is 1988. Oh, I think that was a 90s movie. Okay. Well, this was written by Bob Harris. Uh... Have you seen that movie, by the way? Fury is relieved of his duties after a major security breach. He smells a cover-up, but the only way he can prove it is by going up against S.H.I.E.L.D. I don't hate this, like, super 80s cover. I have not seen that movie with David Can I tell you? Uh Uh-huh. I don't I don't hate it. <laughs> I don't hate that David Hasselhoff, Lisa Renna, Nick Fury movie. All right, Spellbound, issue one of Spellbound, which I think I saw recently put up, up on the Marvel app. Did you see okay. that there's a new Marvel show on Hulu right now, Hellstrom? I did, Hellstrom. Yeah. I don't know anything about that. Hellstrom is, uh, they're calling him Hellstrom, but in the comics, you would know him as the son of Satan. Oh, intense. So, okay. yeah. Oh, Open Space. Wow, they really went for any. I've never read this. Open Space, everybody. Okay. Open space. Looks very sci-fi. 1989, John Clifford Fossil. This is one of the world's first shared sci-fi comic book anthology. Okay. Yeah, I got, I got nothing. I got nothing to add know. to this. Yeah, I don't know it. X-Men Ooh, Spotlight on Nick's favorite favorite part of the Marvel Universe, the Star Jammers. Oh. Two. I thought you were going to say I thought you were going to say Mojo. I thought you were winding me up no, for a Mojo. You like the Star Jammers fine. Oh, I do like the yeah. Star Jammers. Yeah. I yeah, yeah, yeah. They had a two-part series. I, I mean, Star Jammers, a small band of pirates, plunders. I mean, it wasn't even written by Claremont. And well, this was 1990. He might have been out the door at this point. Terry Cavanaugh. Okay. So the Star Jam. I like the Star Jammers. Uh, well, right. Ooh, the monsters are coming. Beware. This has to be one of the. Yeah. No. Wow. 1972. 1972. I couldn't tell you a thing about this either. We were just hmm. talking about their 70s monster no. stuff. No, I don't know that. E- e- eerie tales of horror involving werewolves, robots, witches, and mad scientists. I like how the comic book, the code, what is it? The comic book code of conduct? Yeah. No, the stupid yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what you mean. Yeah, the comic book code yeah. would be like robots. Mm-mm. No, robots are the that. same as Satan. Mm. So, 70s thing. All right. Ooh, the X-Men versus, oh, no, the X-Men and the Micronauts. Oh, Micronauts. Mic- but you're a Micro Machines guy. I am a Micro Machines guy, you're right. Yeah, Fearing yeah, Fearing yeah. the Microverse is in peril. Heroes of the Dimension called the Micronauts incorporate the help yeah. of the X-Men to sell mm. their book because nobody's okay. buying the Micronauts. No. I assume nope, Micronauts are basically astronauts, but they're micro? 
they're small. They go to really small spaces. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Like if you if you drop a ring behind a, a dresser, call the Micronauts. Oh yeah. They'll go right back. Save me, Micronauts. Yep. Okay. The saga of Crystar, Crystal Warrior, feature length fantasy in the Marvel Manor. Look at that. He's just a guy, and yep. And there you go. That's Crystar, everybody. He's just a man of, a, of crystal. A bit of a Zardoz vibe with that. Uh, that sure. Red oh yeah. Uh, written by Mary Jo Duffy. A champion arises to oppose the evil molten men of Crystillium. His name you is Crystar, the Crystal Warrior. We'll see. You have to so he's that. named Crystar. He's a crystal yeah. warrior, and this land is called the Crystillium. Just seems like if you yeah. called me like Earth of Earth, an Earthling. Yeah. You wouldn't call me Earth. That seems yeah. kind of on par with like fantasy names, though, doesn't it? Yeah, you're not wrong. All right, this oh, was May 1983. Here, here comes dirt he is of dirt <laughs> yeah okay why don't we all split up okay 600 pages all right now they're Come back together now th- right. now this pack is really teasing me what is it this is number 68 in the card things this is the power pachyderms the power pachyderms everybody I'm sorry by roger stern the power pachyderms so these are elephant people these are elephant people it looks like an elephant silver samurai oh. an elephant electra oh. I think I that's like an elephant all. cyclops. Uh, Power Pachyderms by Roger Stern. In a parody of both the X-Men and those hard-shell teenage ninjas, Marvel brings you the newest super... So this is a parody of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, even though Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles is a parody of Frank Miller's Daredevil. Now we're getting meta. Yeah, now we're getting this real is, meta. This is like Inception level. Yeah. I gotta check and see if my top is still spinning. Hold on. <laughs> anyway, so those are the covers I got. <laughs> still going really really it's still going it's a variety yeah, yeah it's a variety power yeah rob wants a uh, a power pack not a power pack a power pachyderms micronauts spinoff why not so well, course, it's yeah, funny because this is so this is that. series two of the first covers so series one i gotcha. imagine has all the classic like fantastic four one hulk one giant size x-men one and they're like oh crap can i what do we do I in the 80s so bold uh-huh this is a bit of a similar problem that you had when creating your multi-disc classic rock uh, mix CDs. Because by CD4 or something, you're running low on classic rock songs that are top tier. So it's kind of a similar situation. There's a lot there for me to unpack right now. Okay. So, did you want to? Uh, Wait, did you say Pachyderm? I said Pachyderm. Okay. Uh, not true. <laughs> Oh, okay. my right. the the right. the, the yep. back end the of my classic rock mix CDs are fantastic. I'm taking, I'm taking Thank the note. Thank you very I'm much. Taking the note. Okay, they're good. Because they're good. the classic rock mix CDs, a yep. band would only appear once on the album, so you're only getting one Led yeah. Zeppelin song. So out of those sure. eight volumes, you're only getting eight Led Zeppelin songs. I think we're doing yeah. pretty good. You think we're fine? How dare okay. you? I'm just saying, cream of the crop goes to. CD1, CD2. CD3, CD4 is still good. Is it as good as CD1, CD2? I'm just saying it could be a similar situation with the Marvel first packet where Series 1 got all the good stuff. You don't tell me that you're going to make a series like this and put power pachyderms in Series 1. No, you're not. You're going to save it for Series Hold 2 on. because you've run out. You are a you've run out. monster. Uh, get to my quarter bin. Volume 6. What do we have? Sunshine of Your Love, Sister Golden Hair, What Is and Should Never Be, have you ever Wait, seen you put the rain? Ameri- well, hold on. Hold on. What? 
You put America on a classic rock mix? Yeah, America's classic rock. Horse with mm. no name? Jet Airliner okay. by Steve Miller Band. Castles Made of Sand. Limelight by Rush. I'm... I mean, the the track ends with Beast of Burden by... That's just volume six. Okay. All right. I don't I don't know that the majority is going to be on your side with this, but I think uh, the radio, meanwhile, intern is telling us to move it along. Uh, would you like to? Uh, would you like me to show you my quarter bin? Yes, though next okay. time I wouldn't want you to phrase it like that. <laughs> Eric, please, I'm going to show you my quarter bin. <laughs> it's going to be fine. All right, my pick for today is Flash number two hundred and thirty by Carrie Bates with art by. Irv Novick and Frank McLaughlin. Uh-huh. I did not put a date on this, but it has a very seventies vibe to me. Nineteen seventy four. Look at that! You just you just looked at it. You smelt it, and you knew what year yeah. it was. Yeah, I I could. Yeah, I mean, this kid on the back, he's all seventies. I'm going to tell you right away because I don't, don't want you to you get dare. excited. There are no fruit pies oh, in here. Good, thank There's goodness. No I can't pies. deal with another commercial. It's like, oh, and then Sinestro shows up and he's murdering a man, but then he gets a fruit pie. I didn't, I didn't, so there's a backup story featuring Green Lantern where he, like, goes back in time and teams up with, like, Ben Franklin or something. I didn't put it in there, but I just want you to see the thick booty on Hell Jordan right here. Can you see that? <laughs> yes. Can you see yeah, can that? can you bring it closer to the, wow. That Look is, at that. that is perk. Look at that. Yeah. I know. I know. He's, well, I don't know what he's doing, but he should keep it up. Yeah. Well, Yeah. Anyway. I mean, if you're going to be wearing skin-tight spandex like that, why not? Oh, yeah, you absolutely yeah. have to. Yeah. But does everybody put the time yeah. in? I don't know. But Hal yeah. Jordan... Yeah. yeah. He's, got a, he's got a butt that won't quit. I'd like to point so, out that what the F Green Lantern's uh, Flash yeah. are colored in on this. Yeah, what happened? Classic, Did you do that? Classic... No. Are you kidding me? Not even as a child would I do something that dumb. Classic quarter bin scenario. Mm. I want to tell you something else, too, because... The cover of this is one of the most misleading covers I've ever seen in Are my life. Are those flames At, or tentacles? They're flames. They're like magic green flames. At no point does a person ride a gargoyle. A gargoyle is only in like the first second of this issue. Flash is not there when the gargoyle's there. Flash never has a lady with him as he fights a man shooting yellow beams out of his hand. This is nonsense. What? This is an amalgamation of things that sort of happen, but at no point is anybody on top of a gargoyle. I just want to make that clear. Hmm. All right. All right. Join join me, won't you? Sure. I chose a I chose a Halloweeny type one, the Fury of the Fire Demon. Halloweeny. Yes. We begin with Rita and Al Desmond. They're being interviewed on TV. Somebody's doing like a morning show, and they're like, "Hey, you look like a nice couple. Do you think members of the Justice League can run for public office?" No. Well, I wouldn't think so either. Yeah. You got to tell who you are. Yeah. But before they can answer, Even a to gargoyle. Prove your birth date. I know you'd have to. <laughs> a gargoyle falls off the edge of a building, and it's heading right for these people. Mm-hmm. Okay. Luckily, Iris West is watching the TV, and she's like, "Flash! A gargoyle's falling!" So he runs out <laughs> to try to save it in time, but <laughs> but the but the gargoyle just crumbles. It turns to like dust, and Flash had nothing to do with it. Which you're probably thinking the same thing I was at this point. That's curious. Uh, <laughs> Barry is stumped. All right, sure. Barry does not know what happens. Yeah. And it's important to remember that Al Desmond, the guy who almost was crushed by a gargoyle, that no man was writing, by the way, that never happens. Al Desmond was once the element man who was a villain, but he no longer is. Okay? 
But here's the thing. Iris, the Flash, and Rita Desmond, wherever she is, they're all worried that this little situation might have woken up Al's third personality. So not Al Desmond, not the element man, but they're worried that this was has shaken loose Dr. Alchemy. So that's three personalities. Aren't we just one talking? Isn't Element Man just Metamorpho? Well, I was confused about that too, but this is not Rex Mason. This is Al Desmond, who apparently can sometimes be the Element Man and sometimes Dr. Alchemy. Anyway, Flash decides he better check in on this. Meanwhile, while they're driving home from this interview slash gargoyle scenario, Al Desmond just gives oh, yeah. in. I'm familiar with Dr. Alchemy. Yeah, okay. Originally yeah. used the name Mr. Element. Mr. Well, then he went to medical school. Yeah, yeah. Please, please, please. Mr. Element is my father. Yes, seriously. Call me uh, out. They're driving, <laughs> they're driving home, and he's like, I'm Dr. Alchemy now. So he's a villain. Sets the car on fire, and he's out. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Flash gets there in time, and he pulls Rita out, and everybody's safe. Anyway, Flash vows to Rita that he will excise the Dr. Alchemy persona just as he did the Element Man because apparently the Flash can do exorcisms. I don't know. He just runs fast enough that the... And they're like, ah! <laughs> I'm back to my original personality. Anyway, across town, Dr. Alchemy sets a magic fire, I want to say. It's green. Yeah, that's magic and they're fire. Not... Okay, they're not able to put it out. Mm-hmm. So, so far, we've seen a lot of the elements here, okay? Flash rescued rita boy knowing that's all pen it's it's hard to look at now i know it is i know flash rescued rita so that's true but it doesn't happen like this a gargoyle did fell but vanish no one's writing it so you see what i'm saying Mm -hmm. a lot of problems there's a lot of problems sure uh anyway flash at this point is referred to as the monarch of motion which i'm gonna go ahead and say sucks like monarch like the butterfly it's like no monarch is in like king but I mean, I guess that's where Monarch the Butterfly is getting it as well. Mm. But so he's the uh, king of speed. He's the king of speed, just like a Monarch Butterfly is the king of the butterfly. We yeah. all know this. Yeah. Anyway, I tell the you monarch what, of, we need yes. to get rid of that Monarch Butterfly because Monarch Butterflies. You think that they're going to be like kind rulers, sure? Until the power goes to the little butterfly heads. Yeah. And well, then it's yeah. everybody's being Look out. yeah. The 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 blood they spill to make sure that none of their family is going <laughs> to usurp their throne. Yeah. You do not want to be related to the king, the monarch butterfly in that situation. I agree. Speaking of monarchs, the monarch of motion <laughs> goes to put out the magic fire. The king. And finds. The monarch finds of motion. The, finds the king the of speed. <laughs> and here's what we hello, hello. <laughs> that The danger of the falling gargoyle is has reactivated the spirit of... Vadtara. Uh-huh. Okay, staying with me. Mm-hmm. The spirit of Vadtara uh-huh. was reactivated by the danger of the falling gargoyle, making it so that Al Desmond transforms into Doctor Alchemy. So Come that's what on, we've got Flash, going on. Flash, you were supposed to stop this. Hey, quick question. Well, yes. When would Michael J. Fox have been the best Flash? Eighties, early nineties, oh, late nineties. Spin City or Back to the Future on the I would family. I whatever. would love. A Spin City era Michael J. Fox to be the Flash, but I've got to say probably right around the Back to the Future three time mm-hmm. is probably the ideal. Okay, time. all right. Probably the I'm ideal sorry time. you never anyway, got that then. Michael I J. Have, Fox is the Flash. Has he ever done any kind of superhero work at all? Oh, I don't think so. I can't think of anything. No. Not even like a voice or something. <laughs> yeah. Is Stuart Little? Yeah, Stuart Little sort of a, a hero, but he's like a folk hero. <laughs> yeah, you know what I yeah. mean. Yeah. All right. Barry has some psychological tricks up his spandex sleeves. And suddenly, Dr. Alchemy, like, breaks down, and Al Desmond is back, and he resumes control. Well, guess what, Eric? What? 
Wait, let me let me ask you this. Do you have any idea what Barry's trick was to turn him back in? Because you're not given anything. I guess he's going to run really fast. You're not wrong. <laughs> Barry, while Dr. Alchemy was like monologuing, Barry was changing from the Flash to Barry Allen at super speed so that Dr. Alchemy slash Al would see his friend Barry and that would like ground him back into reality. And that's what works. And it's funny because the footnote is like, you know, like in subliminal advertising. And that cracks me up. Because Because of all the fruit pie. Right, exactly. But like 70s and 80s were like peak time when everybody was like subliminal advertising. Mm -hmm. So I love that that's like a plot point in this issue. That's weird. Uh, And that's the end of the Flash story. And then, as I said, we have a a historical time-traveling, thick-bootied Green Lantern Mm -hmm. uh, backup story here. Uh, But I didn't didn't cover it for this quarter bin because I knew I was going to be talking a lot. And I just didn't know if you had it in you. I'm sorry. So I'll save it for another time. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, that's yeah. uh, that's my quarter bin yeah. for this week. What comics are you planning to read in time for next week? And don't tease us Animorphs. with your lies. Okay. Animorphs. Harleen. Some other stuff. Okay. I've got it. Animorphs. I, I, I was uh, pet sitting last night. I was house sitting some dogs last night. And I thought like, all right, I'm going to bring my comics. I'm going to read a whole bunch there. And I got there at 10 o'clock. Yeah. I watched two episodes of Cougar Town. I was like, well, time for bed. And then I went to sleep. I felt like, like a, a it was an, 47-year-old. It was an overnight situation? Yeah. Wow. I stayed in a bed. Yeah, cool. I, I slept there. I, the dogs shared the bed with me. I woke up, I fed them breakfast, and then I left. Okay. Yeah. All right. So, it's funny because I was well, using this person's Hulu, and now it's going to be like, would you like to keep watching Cougar Town? <laughs> yeah, they're going to be like, who did we have at our home last night? <laughs> Who's... Was Courtney? Was David Arquette here? Yeah. I'm feeling a little <laughs> Courtney. Um, that is sad. I, it is sad. <laughs> I plan on reading some more, some more classic Captain America. Mm. Oh yeah, it's uh, been a bit. I'm probably going to read Batman Venom. You want to read Batman Venom? I haven't read that. Let's do it. I don't. All right, you don't have. I don't to know if I have. Oh wait, no, it's on the app. It's on the app. Yeah, yeah it is on the app. Yep. Yep. So uh, I know that I know that's on my list. Probably going to do some more Halloween watching. Maybe watch Batman Dracula. We'll see. I've extended an invitation. We'll see what happens after that. Am so I maybe I'll be watching any, I'm Batman not playing Dracula. anything Halloween comic bookie like Resident Evil. So. I downloaded a little Halloween game that was like the Xbox Gold free game of the month that I was maybe going to play with my son, but I don't remember what, what it's is called. It? Is it but... Grabbed by Ghoulies? No, it's like costume. I, I don't know. I can't remember. I don't know. Sorry. Yeah. Okay, well, do you want to wrap up here yeah, on Comic Book Coffee? Let's wrap this up week? here. Uh, superheroes, wear a mask. Wear a mask, people. 